By the people, for the people. CIUT 89.5 FM is the sound of your city. Esto no tiene sentido. Si tu boca me quieres, es el destino. O al menos lo viene un sueño. Desde entonces te busco y te busco y no te consigo. Y quiero acariciarte de nuevo. Y tatuar mi nombre en tu cuello. Para que te acuerdes de mí. Amarrarte el cabello Que me lleven al manicomio Tú me vuelves loco y eso yo No logro acercarme hasta ti Me hace sentir que soy tu novio Y te desapareces Y apareces Duermo y me despierto Una y mil veces Yeah Me quedo en insomnio Este insomnio en que te pienso Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Seth Martosh and I'm here with my co-host. Alex Troxel. Today we are going to take a visit to Venezuela and uh, speak with our good friend Giovanna and as well later in the show a Venezuelan Canadian artist Eliana Cuevas. And if you just come from the Taylor Report... Tracks from Abroad is a show whereby we go around at the University of Toronto speaking with students from different backgrounds and different cultures, learning a little bit about where they're from, how they came to Toronto, and uh, what they'd like to do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there again, because why not? The, the, the fall does not technically end, according to the solstice, until December 21st, mm-hmm. so it's still fall. That means it's still our fall fundraising drive. <laughs> We're not quite at the 100%. I think we have like just 10% to go. Yeah. So uh, if you want to head over to CIUT.FM, 
we'd greatly appreciate any donation and as a bit of extra incentive if mm. you go to ciut.fm right there on the front page you can see our one and only seth martage giving an interview at global toronto true so, with uh, with the famous richie j from haiti yeah yeah but also seth martage mm. who you can see in the flesh so that's a just extra incentive but enough of that jibber jabber we're gonna head into our interview with Giovanna from venezuela and we started by asking her about where she's from and uh, how she came to canada um yeah i grew up in barquisimeto is uh is the fourth biggest city in venezuela i moved to canada when i was 16 and even though in terms of politics it's not very well known for the best job i love it there <laughs> uh, people is very welcoming and warm i feel like we have the best beaches <laughs> uh, it's beautiful the nature and I will strongly recommend if you get a chance to travel there, if you like adventures. Uh, you could go to the largest uh, waterfall. It's called Los Angeles, mm -hmm. uh, Salto Angel. I've been there before, and it's just incredible. Yeah. So what is the, uh, the main thing that you miss about Venezuela while you're here in Canada? Oh, well, the weather. <laughs> I don't want to get nostalgic. Today, think about like the the music and everything from back home. I was like, wow, I really miss it. But mm. also, you know, Canada, it's 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 my second home now, right? So mm. I consider it to be my home. So why did you decide to come to Canada? For schooling. And um, yeah, it's been almost 10 years since I made that decision. I had the option to go to Miami. I guess, you know, there's a lot of a big uh, Latin population there. Mm. Uh, but my dad told me, you should try Canada to learn English, because if I was going to Venice, to Miami, I wouldn't have the same opportunity, mm. uh, the same challenges. So I came here for a summer and to study English, and I love it. Like, I, I just the people here were so welcoming, and I was like, you know what, I want to be here. And it was super multicultural, too, so that was another plus. And now I'm currently doing my third year at UFD. And most of your family is back still in Venezuela? Your my parents? Pa my parents, mm -hmm. yeah, and grandparents. Right. Uh, my sister is here. Yeah. And she, well, yeah, she's a big fan of Venezuela. Like, she's very proud. She has a restaurant, and it's all about Venezuelan food. Latino, <laughs> located in Etobicoke. Yeah. Their, their focus are in empanadas, arepas, and a traditional dish for Christmas that we have is called uh, ayacas. It's more like a tradition. To mm -hmm. make ayacas, you uh, gather your family on a Sunday. It's like a whole day. But you before that, you have to prepare the guiso, which is like the meat, the inside uh, portion of the ayacas. And the next day, you meet with your family and mm -hmm. friends. You have some beers. Some people are just dancing. And it's, it's, it's always on someone's house. The ladies are, like, wrapping this uh, food in, like, banana leaf. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, everyone has a mission to do. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot of the people that come on. You know, where they're from, it's much more community-oriented, and uh, here it's, like, a lot of individualism. And yeah. yeah. I feel like God. part of that is I just can't get over the fact that I hate cooking, and I just don't want to, I don't want to do it, period, right? Well, maybe but, in general. But maybe, maybe if I was doing it with other people, it'd be more, yeah. it'd be more enjoyable. 
Yeah, there is always a cousin who will just like go show up for the food and like <laughs> yeah. uh, talk. That's me. Yeah. The cousin you don't invite back. They have to okay, see okay, okay, Seth. All right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is, is music something that you get together with other people to enjoy, or is it something? Well, going back to the Christmas party uh, mm. celebration, while we are making ajacas, we also listen to gaitas, which is. One of the um, ways of uh, protest about the economics and okay. social, more like the social aspect of struggles, the struggles of everyday okay. <laughs> struggles. Right. But then move to somehow become part of the Christmas tradition. People okay. start listening to it, and when you get together, that's what people do. I guess that's a good segue into listening to it, if, if that's something that you would want us to do. Uh, sure, yeah. Okay, I will say the first one is Amparito. We're going to listen to a traditional Gaita song played around Christmas time called Amparito, and you're listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM.
to Tracks from Abroad. My name is Seth and I'm here with my co-host Alex and today we're talking to my good friend Giovanna from Venezuela. What was it like growing up in, like you said, the music kind of capital of Venezuela? Since I was very little, I went to uh, music at uh, the con- uh, Conservatorio de Musica in Barquisimeto and is one of the, it's very well known, my city is the musical city of Venezuela because Gustavo Dudamel is from there. And he went through the same process as I did. Uh, but he, he, of course, he's a bit older than me, 20 years older. But I know I had the same professors as him. The music director of the Simone Bolivar Symphony Orchestra, the Los Angeles Philharmonic, and the Paris Opera? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. How is he in all those places know. at the same time? And is scheduled to become music director of the New York Philharmonic in 2026. That's insane. He is the most famous conduct- conductor and violinist uh, from Venezuela. 
He was part of the Simón Bolívar Symphony Orchestra. This program was more so like social change in Venezuela, where gain uh, respect and prestige to be part of it. Mm. And it started with children and now became adults. It's a program where they try to combine, to, to integrate all the classes. The social the classes. Social class. Yeah, the oh. social classes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th uh, through this program, mm -hmm. uh, they built a lot of uh, new theaters. Okay. Uh, Santa Teresa in Caracas is, is the second largest music theater in South America. Mm -hmm. Through this experience, I was exposed to go to the Teresa Carreño and see my orchestra from my city playing alive. It's, it's just wonderful. Well, on that note, uh, do you have another song that you'd like to recommend for us to play? Conga del Fuego, Artist. Gustavo Dudamel. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. There is one, uh, Venezuela, actually. That's okay. the, the name, but hmm. it's Simon Diaz. This is the one, because you listen to this song as Venezuelan, uh, it brings you back to your roots. It's almost like the anthem from my country. Great, so we'll have a listen to Conga del Fuego by Gustavo Dudamel, the uh, now world-famous conductor and violinist who went to the, through the same program as Giovanna. And we'll also listen to Simone Diaz's song Venezuela, which is like a pseudo-national uh, anthem for the country. And we'll be right back on Tracks from Abroad.
el cuatro en el corazón Llevo en mi sangre la espuma del mar Y tu horizonte en mis ojos No envidio el vuelo ni el nido al turpial Soy como el viento en la mies Siento el Caribe como una mujer Soy así, ¿qué voy a hacer? Soy desierto, selva, nieve y volcán Y al andar dejo mi estela en una canción que me desvela la mujer que quiero tiene que ser corazón fuego y escuela con la piel tostada como una flor de Venezuela Con tus paisajes y sueños me iré Por esos mundos de Dios tus recuerdos al atardecer me harán más corto el camino entre tus playas quedó mi niñez tendida al viento y al sol y esa nostalgia que sube a mi voz Querer se hizo canción. Y de ti los hijos que sembrarán nuevas estrellas. Mi cuerpo cerca del mar en Venezuela. Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. My name is Seth, and I'm here with my co-host Alex. And today we're talking to my good friend Giovanna from Venezuela. Um, Giovanna, I wanted to ask you also, you had mentioned some other uh, Venezuelan more contemporary groups. Um, can you tell us a little bit about those and why they are important to Venezuelans? Of course. Um, the first one, it's it's called the Sorden Público. The band music mix, mixes ska, 
um, Latin rock, reggae, and traditional Latin music styles. And my favorite songs that identify, especially for immigrants, Venezuelans who move abroad, it's called Los Que Se Quedan y Los Que Se Van. And it means like the people who stays and the people who leave. Talks about like the social troubles of the median class, like getting up in the mornings, going to work, uh, taking the bus, mm. living yeah. in Caracas, uh, in Petare. It's, it's just the slums. It's one of the the most dangerous and like <laughs> is getting worse and worse right. in a way. Um, Last time I went to Venezuela was in 2022 for summer. It's just crazy to see there is another reality where it seems like everything is gray. You see the supermarkets full of food and you say, well, what, is, what happened to like the shortage of food? But the reality is that people don't have the money to buy it because it's way out of reach, too expensive. Mm. And the only people who can really buy all these supplements or whatever, it's just the people who are working with the government. The disparity is huge between the rich and the poor. Yeah, I remember like a, a couple years ago, Maduro's government was like in the news internationally, like when he came to power. and. And now it seems like people, we don't really hear about it in, in world news anymore. Mm -hmm. Is that just because things have gotten better in a way or they've just been normalized? Or? It's being normalized, yeah. And I think the social media doesn't portray that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like the, the gravity of the situation is less and less people um, confronting them. Mm -hmm. People are accepting and people are moving away. Going back to this band, Disordering Publico, in, back in 2020, they performed a concert in Petare, one of the most pro problem, emblematic slums in Caracas, and they named it as the Disordering in Petare. And they didn't have the theater. It's, it was just on top of a house, mm -hmm. uh, of, of the roof, and they were performing in front of everyone from the this place and actually you know it's dangerous to to be in this place but they were happy they were part of the community uh, integrate that to them are there um, certain genres that are closest to the Venezuelan identity or is it just like a fusion of a, a bunch of different sounds okay. well there's another very famous artist uh -huh. called Chino Nacho yeah Chino they got huge I remember in high school I will listen that was the only music they play on radio <laughs> and it, it was just too much but Chino used to date um, my cousin uh, I remember I got the chance to meet him mm -hmm. and in one of the family reunions and in Caracas, yeah. you will see girls outside uh, trying to get pictures with him. That's how big he was mm -hmm. back then. Was he a nice guy? Did he? Uh, yeah. He came to your family. What as a family dinner or? Yeah, as a family dinner, and well, he was I, respectful. Yeah, he was. He was and very uh, charismatic. Wow. I got a picture with him too. Hey, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, he in one one of his songs he released it for my cousin Marife. Mm -hmm. uh, he wrote it for her, mm -hmm. and he went to uh, her university, 
and started singing, singing it in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. And she came out from the classroom, and everyone was just like on top of like taking pictures, and wow. it was like this big news. And she just got very shy. Right? <laughs> she was. Uh, I can imagine. You've uh, you've given us so many uh, songs and artists. Mm -hmm. to think about. Giovanna, thank you so much for coming in and sharing with us so many songs and uh, about Venezuela as well. Mm. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. On Tracks from Abroad, you're listening to CIUT 89.5 FM.
Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. I'm still Alex. I'm still here with my co-host, Seth. 
And we'd like to thank Giovanna Mendez for coming on our show, telling us about Venezuela. Yeah, learned a lot. Yeah, I was particularly uh, interested in the traditional Christmas traditions of, right. of Venezuela because, you know, here I feel like some people some people love Christmas dinners. They love the yeah. the, the specialty of that. And you know what? I've, I've always wondered, well, why don't you just do that all year round? Well, then it doesn't make it special. If it's if you do the all year round, then there's no special but about you, Christmas. If you like it, there has to be some balance. Maybe a little bit, but do you I have guess. a specific uh, Christmas dinner meal that you like i don't i know some people have turkey with christmas dinner and right. that's something that they're uh they're they're strongly passionate about but from javana's perspective i thought it made a lot more sense with their um tradition being something where the whole family comes together to make the christmas mm-hmm. dinner i thought that made a lot more sense because obviously you can't have everyone together all the time that's yeah a, that's a christmas specialty everybody comes and helps out a little bit like we said you have the cousin who uh, sits in the corner you said that'd it's be me. you yeah, right? yeah. i will stick with that but uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, that makes that makes a lot more sense as to why that's special in my mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, with that being said, do you want to introduce us to the the next interview? Yeah, upcoming we have an interview with Venezuelan Canadian musician Eliana Cuevas, who we were grateful to have the chance to see perform at Global Toronto a couple months back. And uh, today you're going to hear from Isabella Milano, who is uh, normally one of the social media managers on our show. But uh, during Global Toronto, she was able to interview Eliana. And uh, we're going to hear what she has to say about her music. And we'll send it over to Isabella. Hello, everyone. My name is Isabella Milano, and I am here with TFA Radio, CIU-TFM, at the Global Toronto Music Conference with Eliana Cuevas, a Venezuelan singer of folk, jazz, and Latin music. Eliana, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Isabella. It's really great to be here. So many wonderful artists. Today is the last day. Um, You performed yesterday with your husband. Tell us what that was like. It was a wonderful experience. I actually have loved very much the conference. It's my first time here at Global Toronto, and it's been really great to meet so many wonderful artists and just different delegates, you know, that are in the music industry. And uh, yeah, our performance yesterday was extremely fun. We had a blast with our duo project. Wonderful. So your duo project, it's piano vocal. How does that compare to some of your other works with big orchestral ensembles? You work a lot with different instruments. So what's the feeling just with piano vocal? Well, first I'll say I was here with Jeremy Ledbetter. So he played the piano and we've worked together for many, many years and in many different configurations. I have a quintet as well that I often work with, with drums and percussion and bass. And Jeremy and I play in that group. I also So most recently, I performed with a a 27-piece chamber orchestra that we created, Jeremy and I, called the Angel Falls Orchestra to record my latest album, Sere Libre. And that was, again, a very different experience. Jeremy orchestrated the music. We do a a combination of original music and traditional Venezuelan music. And then, you know, of course, Jeremy and I have also worked together in some of his projects, like his band, his Caribbean jazz group, Canefire, and his trio, which is mostly instrumental, but I occasionally guest with them as well. 
So yeah, so we've done a lot of different work together. And in this dual project that we featured, Global Toronto, is actually a somewhat new setting, you know, for us. And it's very exciting because we have a lot of freedom in this in this project. We can be a little bit more adventurous and playful because just being the two of us, we don't have to follow a specific structure, you know, which we would have to do with a bigger ensemble. So, you know, it's got its charm. We love all the different configurations that we perform in. You know, we love the orchestral. We love, you know, the quintet, the band, you know, but this dual project is a very exciting new thing for us to do as well. That's wonderful. You talk a lot about freedom and musical expression. Seré libre means I will be free. Can you tell us about the significance of that album and what it meant to you to make it? Venezuela is my native land and Venezuela has been struggling for years with many different political, economical, social problems. And in this album, for years, you know, in, in my last few albums actually, I've been trying to elevate Venezuelan culture. And in this particular album that I just released, I, together with Jeremy, created the Angel Falls Orchestra, which is named after the tallest waterfall in the world, which is located in Canaima National Park in Venezuela, a completely incredible, stunning place. And, you know, I'm trying to highlight some of the beautiful things Venezuela has to offer because it's a very rich country, culturally speaking. So with this album, I try to also elevate my culture, show some of the traditional Venezuelan music in an orchestral setting, which is also, you know, a bit more unique. So it means a lot to me to have been able to do this. And it was without a doubt the most ambitious musical project that Jeremy and I have done putting together an orchestra. But it was very rewarding. And I invite everybody to see the videos. We have the videos of all the music that we recorded on my Vivo YouTube channel. So I invite you guys to check it out. It's really, really special. That's wonderful. And that's so great that you've been able to bring all those stories to your music to share your story. And being ambitious and bringing all the instruments that you can to it is really wonderful to create all those wonderful textures in your in your songs. Uh, talking about Venezuela and your traditional folk music, you've won awards in the Canadian folk scene. Can you tell us what it means to create Venezuelan folk music and what you would recommend to other Venezuelan artists that are here in Canada? For me, being able to perform traditional Venezuelan music is a way to connect with my roots. I am very far. I live here in Canada and I'm very far from my native land, but uh, music is a vehicle for me to connect with my family, with my roots, with my country at a time that I have not been able to go for various reasons. And, you know, without getting into all of that right now, I really miss my country and my family. I haven't seen a lot of them in years. So it's a very spiritual practice as well. So it's a way to connect with them. So it it means a lot to me to be able to to do that. And once again, like I said before, to also be able to show a different thing about Venezuela, which is the beautiful culture, the beautiful music that we have, because people, when they hear Venezuela, the first thing that comes to mind are the problems, right? People don't really know much about the culture and the wealth that Venezuela has. So going back to how you connect with your roots through music, tell us a bit about specifically where you're from in Venezuela and how that informed your growing up as an artist. I am from Caracas, from the capital of Venezuela. And one of the big things that, you know, that I guess informed my music was my upbringing and being able to listen to traditional Venezuelan music, not just on the radio, but also at home. Because my dad and my grandparents, you know, they all played music, they sang. It's a very musical family, though not professionals, not professional musicians. Every family gathering, you know, would feature music played by someone in the house. So that is certainly something that has influenced my music. So 
some of the songs that I perform are songs that are, you know, maybe my grandfather's favorite song or my father's favorite song. So yeah, music that I always heard in my house. That's wonderful. Is there a specific song you'd like to draw any attention to that was a favorite for your family? The first song that I performed yesterday at my showcase is called El Curucha, and that was my father's favorite song. Beautiful. That's so nice that you can connect with your family and that you talk about how your family really inspired your desire to go into music, having it around all the time. Speaking of family, and your daughter is an artist as well, and she just recently, at 13 years old, published a book. That's wonderful. Tell us about that. Oh, wow. How did you know that? (laughs) Yes, I have a daughter that is an author. She published her first book earlier this year at age 13 now she's 14 it's called the lands of labyrinth but it's the first book in a series of five books she's now finishing the fifth book but she hasn't published the second one she wants to and she's planning to but she expressed that she wanted to finish all five because if she publishes the second one and then in the fifth book she wants to make a change it might be harder so she's you know very strategic now about finishing her books and yeah she's very passionate she started writing in the middle of COVID actually she's always been very creative but uh, it was a wonderful outlet for her in the middle of lockdown you know to just sit down and be creative and write and she's written quite a few books now not just the five I think it's like maybe like 12 now but smaller the ones from the series are pretty big now but uh, yeah that's how it all started and I think she comes by pretty honestly you know in the family there are a few writers already on uh, Jeremy's side his dad published books as well and so did his mom and Jeremy himself he also writes stories though he hasn't published them but he also creates so so that's where it comes from with Layla. My daughter's name is Layla Ledbetter, and you can find the book, The Lance of Labyrinth, on Amazon if you're interested. That's wonderful. That's great. It just shows how the lyricism, the music, it's all connected and within your family, and also that it's just going to touch more people that listen to it who can connect with your daughter's stories and yours as well. Do you have any words that you'd like to share with listeners about new projects you have upcoming or any collaborators you'd like to shout out? Sure. Well, aside from the project that we showcase here with Jeremy, I want to mention that I recently recorded an album with Latin Grammy winning Quattro player Jorge Glam. He actually just got nominated for a Grammy again a few days ago with another project that he released. And we recorded an album that is going to be coming out in 2024. So yeah, look out for that. You can find information information about all of my projects, the orchestra, Jorge Glam and Jeremy and all the different things that I'm doing on my website, elianacuevas.com. That's wonderful. So many exciting things to look forward to for those listening. Uh, Thank you so much, Eliana. It's been wonderful having you here with TFA Radio at the Global Toronto Music Conference. Once again, Eliana Cuevas. Hola, my name is Eliana Cuevas and you're listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. Su paso atrevido desafiando a su día y nada va a sacrificar. Deja que 
Welcome back. You've been listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. And you just heard Eliana Cuevas' song, Yega, from her latest album. And Tracks from Abroad is a show that we cannot do just by the the two of us. Uh, You hear our voices every week, but you heard Isabella just before. But uh, we have a great crew who helps us with this show, including Matthew, who's here on the board every week. We have directors, Jesse, who is in the studio, and Elgberta, Isabella, as you mentioned, and Akshita, who 
manage our social media as well as the editors of the interviews and our clips simon and rosa so thank you to them from us absolutely and we don't have much time left it's a packed show tonight but uh, we will be going next week to the neighboring columbia where we talk to a student and an artist also mm-hmm. another wombo combo and uh without giving too much away and without uh going too much overtime i'll just uh thank everyone for listening have a good night you've been listening to ciet 89.5 fm and coming up next is indigenous waves Oh,